much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together and to worship and to lift your name up. And God, in the next few moments as we open your word, I pray that you would touch our hearts, that you would challenge us, that you would remind us of who you are. And God, I'm aware that in a crowd this size, this many people gathered in a room, there's a lot of different thoughts, there's a lot of different emotions, there's a lot of different events that have happened this week. And some are struggling with life and the choices that they've made or that they don't know how to make. God, would you grant them clarity? Some are excited because it's been an awesome week, and would you encourage them? Would you lift them up? Would you help them to realize that the blessings come from you? Some are looking for a way out this morning, and God, would you show them your son? So by your spirit, as we know you can, meet us where we are. Touch our hearts. Encourage us. Help us to see you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks. You can have a seat. So for the next few moments this morning, I want to kind of lead you in a little journey. And I think if you're honest with yourself, you will be very aware of the journey. There are so many things that we do on a regular basis that we don't really spend much time thinking about, right? Getting dressed in the morning, you don't really think a lot about it. Some of us less than others, some of us who really don't understand how things match, we just grab, my wife complains, she says, well not complains, she just states that I grab the first t-shirt that's on the top and if it happened to be the one I wore yesterday but it got washed, it's the same one, it doesn't really matter. Whatever that drawer opens up, the first one on top, I'm good to go, it doesn't matter, right? So she has to rotate them because otherwise I don't wear any of the ones at the bottom, right? It doesn't matter, they're there, they're brand new, they're great. But we don't think a lot about it, right? You get dressed in the morning, you do whatever it is that you do. You comb your hair. I realized the other day we were having a conversation. I didn't think that I combed my hair in the morning. And then I realized I don't have a lot. I'm, I'm better off than some of you. Some of you don't even have to think about it. But then I realized I was paying attention to my morning routine, and I do comb my hair. I just don't remember it. Um, it just, it's something that I do, and I didn't even know it. How about, you know, you put on deodorant. Hopefully you remember that or don't. Uh, you eat. Right? You do it. A lot of times we do that. We don't even think about it. You'll finish a meal and you, you get partway through the day and you're like, I think I ate. Right? Or I think I enjoyed whatever that was. Or I'm not sure what that was. I don't know. Right? You don't even think about it. Some of you driving, this is a really scary thought. You end up places and you don't know how you got there. Any, you've been there, Right? You know exactly what, or you end up someplace that you weren't supposed to go because you forgot to turn. Yeah, been there, done that. Sometimes this happens in talking to people. You're having a conversation with someone, and you don't even realize that the conversation ended. Or you realize that they asked you a question, and you don't know what the question is. See, you guys have been there too. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's doing your job. Sometimes it's doing your schoolwork, young people. That you finish the day and you don't even realize you were at school. 
There's all kinds of things that we do on a regular basis that we get lost in doing them or we stop thinking about them. The same thing can be true in our spiritual life, in our walk with God. That we just do things because they're the things that we should do. And we feel like if we do them regularly enough, then God should be happy. God should be excited that I at least put the effort in to do them, even though I was not engaged in what they were. And I really didn't take the time to think through what was going on. And one of those events I want to talk about this morning, at the end of our service this morning, we're going to celebrate communion together. And often communion can happen in our life where it becomes something that we just do. It's a religious event. It's something that happens on a regular basis in our church setting or whatever that may be. And in our different church settings, that looks different. Sometimes that is done on a weekly basis. We, we in our in our kind of tradition, do it once a month, but it looks different in different church settings. But communion can be one of those things that we do without really spending much time thinking about it or processing it. And so this morning, I want to slow down a little bit, which is hard for me, by the way, and I want to think through the process of communion and the why of communion. And I want to take you on the little journey with me as I do that. Would you go with me on this? And would you be willing just to allow God to kind of touch your heart and say, hey, this is what communion is about, this is why. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. If you have your Bible, I want to start in the book of Matthew. I want to look at Matthew chapter 26 for just a minute. I want to read a couple verses because this is really the beginning of communion. Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 26, says this. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave his disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body. Now let me give you the background. Jesus has got his disciples, and they're in the upper room, and Jesus knows that the end is just about to happen. All of the three years of his ministry that that he's been working through with the disciples, and they've been walking together, these are his closest friends. These are the guys that are the, the closest to him. They know what's going on. They're the inner circle. They're the guys that have hung out. They've watched the miracles. They've spent time with God as he blessed people, as he taught the truths of what the kingdom of God would look like and how it would work out and, and his purpose and his father's purpose. They had been there. They had heard it all. And Jesus, at the end, it's a Passover, and they're celebrating together what would be to come. The Passover, if you remember in the Old Testament, was this, that there would be one who would pay the price for sin. And if you look back in the Old Testament with the Passover, it happened as the nation of Israel were leaving the land of Egypt. And God said, look, I need you guys to get out of here. I'm going to help you get out of here. And I'm going to have an angel that passes over the entire congregation. And the firstborn of all will die that night if the blood that represents Jesus Christ is not on the doorpost, is not over the doorpost. And so what happens is that angel passes over. Those who have the mark over their doorpost, the angel passes over and everybody lives. Those who don't, they die. The firstborn dies. And so when we get to Jesus' day and age, they're looking back, remembering the salvation of God for the people of Israel. That's what they're doing. They're remembering what happened. 
And so now Jesus has his disciples and he says, this is all going to change and I need you to understand what the difference is going to be. And so he's sitting with his disciples and he hands out a piece of bread and he breaks it and he says, look, this is going to be the difference. My body is going to be broken for you. And his disciples are sitting there and they don't get it yet. They're like us. We miss a lot. We don't like to admit it, but we do. We miss a lot. And he did. He missed. And the disciples missed it. And so the disciples are sitting there and Jesus goes, look, my body's going to be broken for you. Let me read the rest of this. And he says this. And then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and he said, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Then it says they sang a hymn and they left. The scripture tells us this, that Jesus with his disciples set something up and he says, look, I'm gonna take the bread and I'm gonna break it. I'm gonna give it to you. And when you eat it, remember that I went to the cross and my body was broken for you. And I'm going to take this cup, and I'm going to give you this cup, and you're going to drink it. And when you drink it, remember that I shed my blood so that you could have forgiveness of sin. That's the purpose. But I want to break it down a little bit more for you. I want you to understand the why. Why do we celebrate? That's what Jesus set for his disciples That was Jesus setting up. Here's the first time this is ever going to happen, and this is what it's going to look like. But why do we celebrate it? Three thoughts that I want to give you about why communion matters and why we celebrate communion. If a pen, you might want to write these down just as a reminder. If not, that's fine. Just listen. I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. If you have your Bible, I'm going to spend the rest of the time in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul takes what Jesus wrote what Jesus said to his disciples, and he says it again, but he breaks it down even a little bit more for us. So I want to read the first couple of verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 25. For I received from the Lord what I have passed on to you. So Paul says this, look, I, God gave this to me. Jesus Christ gave this to me, and I want to pass it on so that you'll understand it. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took bread, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is broken, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. The first thought that I want you to get is this. Communion helps us be thankful. Say it with me. Communion does what? It helps us. Be thankful. It helps us be thankful. See, communion and God setting up communion for us was this. It was a reminder of what God was doing for us on our behalf. It was a reminder of this, that look, your relationship with your creator, the one who made you, is broken. Sin broke it. The sin that is in your life and every one of us struggle with sin Every one of us, every day of our life, struggle with some temptation, something that pulls us or distracts us from what God wants for us. Something that separates us in our relationship with God. And God knew that and he loved you enough that he said, look, I want to make a way that that relationship could be made right, could be renewed. 
And so first of all, communion reminds us what God does. And folks, that should make us thankful. Look, I can't do anything of myself to get me right with God. Can't do it. Neither can you. But God did. God cared. And so the beginning is this. Look, hey, gratitude, thankfulness. What you couldn't do, someone did on your behalf. Someone did it for you. A couple of phrases in this that grab my attention when I read it. The first is this. This is my body, which is for you. That is such a different statement than our typical statement. Our typical statement is, this is mine for me. I work so hard for this. (laughs) I deserve this. And Jesus looks at us and he said, this is my body for you. Whatever the cost is, okay. Whatever it takes to fix this relationship, all right. I'm in. And I'm all in. I want this relationship so bad, I will make whatever sacrifice is necessary to make it work. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he says it this way, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He didn't say, I really don't want to do this. I really don't like those people that much. He said this, I love you so much and a relationship with you is such a joy that I'll do whatever it takes. My body, it's yours. Go ahead. Do whatever is necessary so I can make this right. It's not for my benefit, it's for yours. It's inconvenient, it's painful, it doesn't benefit for me, but it is my joy to serve you. Wow. It's a little different thought, isn't it? especially in the culture we live in today. It's a lot different thought. But that was Jesus' thought when he saw you, when he saw me, and what he wanted to do for us. The other little phrase in in those verses that comes to my mind is this. This cup is the new covenant of my blood. We don't use that terminology today. We don't talk like that. But when he says that phrase, this cup is the new covenant of, in my blood. That assumes something. It assumes, first of all, that there's an old covenant, right? If there's a new covenant, there must have been an old covenant. The old covenant was way back in scripture when Adam and Eve sinned and they separated themselves in their relationship with God, which the Bible tells us this, for as by one man sin entered into the world, so then death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So all of us we're, we're given that same debt as Adam and Eve when they sinned. And so way back there when that relationship was broken, God set a covenant and he painted a picture and he said, look, by the picture of animal sacrifice, I will show you what my son is going to do for you. 
And so there was a priest who would go into the holies, first of all, and on a regular basis, he would make a sacrifice for the people's sin. And then once a year, the high priest would go into the holy of holies, and he would take the blood of a perfect, unblemished lamb into the holy of holies, and he would place it on the altar. And that was significant of, or a sign of Jesus Christ coming to pay the price for our sin. That was the old covenant. And it was pointing the head to what was to come in Jesus Christ. And Jesus says this, this cup that I'm going to pour, this, this, I want to show you the picture of the new covenant. And the new covenant is wrapped up, wrapped up in what Jesus Christ is going to do. And he is going to be the spotless lamb who goes to the cross and sheds his blood so that your sins could be forgiven. The new covenant. And no longer will a, 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 a picture have to be painted through the sacrifice of animals. It's all completed in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Do we have something to be thankful for? <laughs> Can you imagine sacrificing animals Looking ahead saying, man, I hope Jesus comes. Man, I hope Jesus comes. Can you imagine it? That's what the Old Testament was about, was pointing ahead to what Jesus would do, and he's done it. He's done it. He went to the cross. He rose again, and he paid the price for your sin and mine. It's a new covenant in Jesus Christ. This is my blood, which is a covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of our sins, they're wiped clean. I am thankful that I am completely forgiven in Jesus Christ. How about you? Communion reminds me to be thankful. Second thought that I want to give you this morning is this. It's found in verse 26. Communion helps us to broadcast the good news. Let me show you verse 26. It says this. For as oft as you eat this bread and you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So it's thankfulness, it's remembering what God did for us through Jesus Christ, but it's also us shouting really at the top of our lungs, hey, I get it. Jesus, he saved me. He for, he's forgiven me. He's made my life right. When was the last time that you shouted from the top of your lungs? Hey, I get it. This is what Jesus did for me. You say, Tim, you're too excited. No. I'm not because guys understand this. The proclamation here is forgiveness. It's freedom. It's coming to the place where I understand that the guilt that I carry, I don't need to carry. Somebody already did it for me. It's understanding this, that the sin that binds my relationship and holds me in a, in a prison and in chains, I've been broken in Jesus Christ. My relationships can be restored and renewed. They can be made right because of what Jesus Christ did. And the point of communion is not just to sit and take it solemnly together, although it's great to stop and think, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But the point of communion is this. It's to yell from the top of my lungs, Jesus saved me. And you say, Tim, hold it. That's not our culture. So what? Did he really save you? Are you really free? Do you really understand what Jesus has done for you? Communion is an opportunity for us to proclaim, 
to broadcast, to make known what it is that Christ has done for us. And he says this, as often as you do this, whenever you do it, you're saying to everyone around you, I believe that Christ is enough. Do you really? See, here's the interesting thing about this. We say that if you're a Christ follower, then you have said, I believe Christ is enough, right? He paid the price for my sin. I don't need to pay it. He went to the cross. He did what I couldn't do. He made my relationship right with the Father. It's enough. And then we try doing things to please God so that God will be happy with us. You see where I'm going? And that's not the reason we do anything. The reason we do it is because we love him. Simply because we love him. Will it please the Father? Oh yeah, it'll please the Father. But it's not so he'll be happy with me, so he'll bless me. That's not it. Remember, Pastor Mike, vending machine God? Remember that? That's not the reason. The reason is simply because I love the fact that he loves me. He loves me. And he paid the price for my sins. As often as you do this, can I challenge you? Often we think that that means that at church we need to have communion more often and church is the place that we have communion. There's no place in scripture that tells us that, by the way. It doesn't say at church. You can have communion with your family. You can have communion with your small group. You can have communion with your friends. It's awesome when we have it as a corporate body because it reminds us corporately of what Jesus Christ did for us. But it's a celebration. Remember we said? It's broadcasting who Jesus Christ is. It's a celebration of what God did in our life. And so what I would challenge you is this. Don't wait for Sunday. Have communion on a regular basis in your family and in your small group and with those people who are close to you who love Jesus. You say, how do you do that? Well, just the way Jesus said, right? He said, when you break the bread, be reminded that it is my broken body, which was broken for you. And when you take the cup, be reminded that this cup is a representation of the blood that was spilt to pay the price for your sin. Do it in your family. Do it at home. Do it with your groups. Remember often, broadcast often what Jesus Christ has done for you. Now, the first time you do that, that may seem strange. Hold it, I do this at church. But you can do it at home. There's absolutely nothing that stops us from celebrating often what Jesus Christ has done for me. Third thought that I want to give you found in this passage. Communion helps us be heart aware. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I want to read a couple of verses here at the end, starting at verse 27. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, that means irrespective of. It means this, coming to a place where I don't respect what God did for me. I take it for granted. The thought that goes through my head is this, I become flippant. You know what I mean by that? Just, oh well, yeah, it's what we do. Yeah, it's kind of the next thing unworthy, not thinking through it, will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. In this way, let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. Forever eats and drinks without 
recognizing the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many are sick and ill among you. Let me talk to you for just a minute about what this passage of Scripture is talking about. Once again, this is not about guilt. It's not what the passage is about. It's about forgiveness. It's about freedom. Paul says this to the body of believers. Look, I want you to stop and think about why you're celebrating communion. I want you to stop and be thankful. Remember what God has done for you. Broadcast it aloud. Let people know what God has done for you. Stop. Do a heart check. Be heart aware. Realize what's going on deep down in your heart. The thoughts that are holding you, the things that have kept you back in relationships and stop and do a little heart check and say, okay, God, is there something here that shouldn't be? And if there is, let's deal with it. It's not about guilt. It's about forgiveness. Because this is the thing about the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. He's always willing and ready to forgive. Always. We're not. We run. We hide. But Jesus is always standing there saying, hey, look, when you do the heart check, when you see what's going on internally, come to me. Tell me. I want to restore the relationship. It's about being heart aware. How foolish to live in a broken relationship, especially when the other person is already willing to forgive you. Right? Think about it. How crazy it is to stay in a relationship that you know is fractured when the other person is standing with arms wide open saying, hey, come here. Come. Come on. Come here. And that's what Jesus is doing today. As a Christ follower, Jesus is constantly standing saying, come here, let's enjoy this relationship together. A heart check. Examine your heart. Take a test. Check your motive. See what's going inside. So why communion? Why do we celebrate communion together? To be renewed. To be refreshed in our relationship with God to pull us back in. You ever had that in your life? Where you felt like you'd been pulled away? You'd been drawn away? Stuff has just gone to such a point where you feel like that, that you're, a far, you're a long way from God. Communion brings us back. It pulls us back. It reminds us that, look, it was all wrapped up in Jesus Christ. It's nothing I did. I didn't work for this. I didn't put this together. Jesus Christ did it for me. And he's pulling me. He's drawing me back. And communion reminds me of his pull, the Spirit's pull on my heart. Back to a proper understanding of God. Back to a place where I celebrate the fact that I am in Christ, a new believer, a new creation. Let me ask you this this morning. When you take communion, are you thankful for what God did? Are you ready to broadcast? I get it. I'm in. He did it. He made a way. I want to tell everybody, <laughs> this is what God's done for me. And have you done a heart check? Have you stopped and thought through where your heart is 
in your relationships with those around you, your relationship with your heavenly Father. Is your heart where it ought to be with God? I'm going to pray. We're going to take communion. If you're a guest with us and you, this isn't a normal part of your life, you can sit and watch. That's fine. You can let the elements go by. No one's going to think anything. But if you're a Christ follower, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've come to the place where you understand that it is by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, his shedding his blood for us, that I have a relationship with him, and I've accepted that gift that he's given me, then celebrate communion with us. As that plate goes by with the the pieces of cracker on it, take one of those and stop and say thank you to Jesus Christ for what he's done. And go ahead when you're ready and take that. And then when the cup goes by, do the same thing. Stop. Spend a moment. Say thank you. Celebrate what Christ has done. Do a heart check. Make sure those relationships are in the spot that they ought to be. But be reminded of your relationship because you're celebrating communion with us this morning. The band's going to lead us first in a song and then they're going to close with another one. So they'll be doing two songs. But take your time. Spend a few moments. Stop. Think through the why. Why do you take communion? I know why I do. (laughs) I know who I am in Christ. I love the reminder, folks. Why do you take communion? Father, Thank you for the few moments we've had this morning to look at Scripture once again and be reminded of our relationship with you. God, would you take a, in the next few moments, would you by your Spirit touch our hearts and encourage us? Encourage us in our walk with you. Encourage us with our relationships with those around us to think through those, to know what it is, whether they're right, if there's anything that would separate us in those relationships and then to make those right. And then God, would you grant us the courage to broadcast the fact that it's what you did for us and celebrate that with those around us. In your name we pray, amen. So as you go through the week this week, gratitude, thankfulness. Thanks God for your son Jesus Christ and the forgiveness that I have broadcast. This is what Jesus did for me. This is who I am because I know him. Stop. Check your heart. Be sure that you're saying yes to the spirit of God and to the forgiveness that comes in knowing him. Father, thank you for your son. Thanks for the relationship that is mine in you. Help me be willing to give it away. Thank you for your incredible love. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.